Greetings, welcome brothers and sisters to another one of my videos. In this video, I'm going to take a look at the name Jesus in Hebrew, which is the original language that the scriptures were written in. Now, I made a couple of videos on this name Jesus, and what I did was I took some of the components and syllables that make up the English version of the Messiah's name, and I traced them back to the older versions of the name Jesus which were in Latin as well as Greek but I'm going to take it a step further back in this video and go straight to the Hebrew alright John 543 says Christ came in his father's name meaning the father's name is contained within the Messiah's name yet many did not receive the true name but if another comes in his own name like the name Jesus many will receive it so the Messiah's true name is being rejected in these latter days for a false name but there's nothing new under the Sun it happened before and it's happening again there it is Jesus this is the modern English name of the Messiah is it? We'll take a look at that. Alright, so remember it's composed of two syllables, G and Sus. That would be He Sus in Spanish. Also keep in mind there are no J's in the Latin, Greek, or Hebrew alphabets. What you'll find instead of a J would be the letter G to replace that sound, the J or He in Spanish. G in English, right? Alright, so let's take a look at this first part of the name Jesus, which is the J and E. And if you sound it out, it's, it's G, He. And here it is. It's 1341 in the Hebrew, Strong's Concordance. He, G, it means proud. Haughty. Here it says it is a scribal error for the word G-A or He-A. Well, let's take a look at that. Right, here it is. It's 1343 in the Hebrew. Strong's Concordance. G-A, He-A means proud. Now if you silence the H, you have G or He. This again means lofty, arrogant, or proud. Hmm. So you can actually find the first syllable of the name, the English name, Jesus, in the Hebrew Strong's Concordance. Wow. And take a look at this. This is the second part of the name Jesus, the English version of the Messiah's name. Sus. And what does it mean in the Hebrew? It means a horse or horses. Now, take the first part we just looked at, the he or G, and put it together with this one. Sus. What do you have? Proud horse, right? G sus or Jesus in Spanish. Shocking. 
Alright, here's the word horse again. It's on the fourth row from the bottom up. You have the English word for horse as well as the letters in Hebrew that make up the word horse all the way on your far right of the screen. And in the middle you have the sounding for horse in Hebrew using the English alphabet and letters, S-U-S. So these are basically the names of animals in English. And in the middle you have the sounding of these names in Hebrew using English letters, right? There it is again, horse. And it even has an audio, so you can hear what it sounds like in Hebrew, sus. And here's the Hebrew alphabet. It reads from right to left. And if you take a look at the second row, all the way to your far right, you have the letter hey. Now, hey, if you translate it to the English, means duh. Hey means duh in English. Sometimes you see this letter here without the Y, hey, same thing. So I would recommend my viewers to, you know, take some time off to study the Hebrew alphabet because it's very important to understand the Hebrew so that you aren't deceived. All right, here's some Hebrew prefixes. All right, you have the prefix and then the meaning in English. So, here's the Hebrew letter hey, but here's without the Y, just hey, and it means duh in English. Hey or hey in Hebrew, you translate it to the English, it means duh, that is a prefix. For example, the word mountains, which is harim in Hebrew. Now, if you add hey or hey to that, you get the mountains. Now, do the same thing for the name horse. Let's say you add the Hebrew prefix he or hey, and then you add sus, horse. Sound it off. Hey, sus. He, sus in Spanish, right? What does that mean? The horse. Here's a more credible website. Here they have a very old, old Hebrew alphabet. This is about as old as you can get. Alright. Alright, here it is. Here's the Hebrew letters. The name of each Hebrew letter. And as you can see, it has a pictograph. And all the way to your right, you have what it means. Okay, so take a look at the fifth row. Hey, locate the word hey. Right, which is the letter hey in Hebrew. The word hey in English is a letter in Hebrew. And that Hebrew letter... Hey or hey, if you translate it into English, it means the. Hey, and the pictograph is a stickman, and here's what it means. Lo, behold, or duh. Now, take hey and add sus to it. 
Jesus. That's Spanish for Jesus, right? And then what does it mean in English? The horse. Jesus. Same thing. With the English sounding of the name Jesus. G. G-E. Then you ask us. Jesus. It means proud horse. Jesus. And also the Hebrew letters have a numerical value. As you see here on the screen. Now. Remember. The word horse in Hebrew is spelled Samic, Bal Samic. That is the sixth row from the top down. You take, you take Samic, which has a numerical value of 60, and then you add the vowel, which looks like an I, has a numerical value of 6, and then you add another Samic, looks like an O, and has a numerical value of 60. You put them together, you get the word Sus in Hebrew. And it contains the triple six, the six six six. Just removes the zeros; they have no value. No, I'm not insinuating or saying that it is the mark of the beast. But anything with a triple six on it is not good. Hosea four six: My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou has rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, says the Most High. Here are the four beasts of Revelation chapter six also known as the four Jesus, the four Jesus, the four proud horse riders. The four seals are being unsealed and revealed in these latter days. Here's the white horse, the white Jesus, the white Jesus, and its rider is none other than the Antichrist himself. He was given a crown as well as a bow, and he went forth to conquer the hearts and minds of the people. He's shooting at the people with his arrows of false love, peace, and security. Now, if you read the latter chapters of the book of Revelation, Christ is described as having many crowns. This writer only has one. That is the horse of deception. And this is the horse of war. The red horse. The red Jesus. The red Jesus. And its rider was given a great sword to take peace from the earth. And to have men slay one another. Now some like to say that this horse was released on 9-11. Some say it was a white horse. I don't know. I'm not here to discuss or argue that. I'm just here to let you know that when you pray in the name of Jesus, you're praying to these four horses of the apocalypse. The four Jesus. The four Jesus. The four horses of death. That's what Christians are praying for and this is who they're praying to. Here's the black Jesus, the black Jesus, the black horse that represents famine. The rider is holding a scale, a balance, and this rider is actually a sheep, believe it or not, but I'm not here to discuss that in this video. Next horse rider, the pale horse, the pale Jesus, the pale Jesus, symbolic of death through pestilence and disease and all other various ailments that you see going on in the world today. And this horseman, this horse rider was allowed to kill one-fourth of mankind. 
So it's going to get bad. We're already seeing the diseases break out. We're already experiencing famine, war, rumors of war. And we're already seeing a lot of believers deceived into worshiping the wrong Messiah. So all of this is going to amplify to a larger degree. And things are going to get really bad. Because Christians will not stop blaspheming. They will not cease from using this false name. Now, I'm not saying the name Jesus is not anointed. I believe it is. Father and Son have anointed it to some degree. But there's going to come a time when this name will no longer be valid. So you need to know what the true name of Savior is. Because if you're found praying to these four horse riders during that time, that's what's going to come for you. And take your soul straight to hell. So, it's very dangerous to be praying to this name, Jesus, because it has to do with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So, now that you understand what the name Jesus means in Hebrew, these next three verses are going to make a whole lot of sense, and they are not going to seem just like ordinary verses in the Bible, because they have a deeper meaning than what first appears when you read them. Alright? So... Let's take a look at these next three verses. All right. Psalms 33 and verse 17. NIV version says that a horse is a vain hope for deliverance, despite all this great strength that cannot save. New Living Translation says, Don't count on your war horse to give you victory for all this strength. It cannot save you. And I know that the USA, Americans in particular, rely heavily upon the war horse, the red Jesus, to give them victory and to save them. Nevertheless, it cannot save anyone. The English Standard Version of Psalm 3317 says that the war horse, the red Jesus, is a false hope for salvation and by its great might it cannot rescue. King James Version of Psalms 33.17 says, A horse is a vain thing for safety, neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Next verse. It is from the same book, the book of Psalms. It is from chapter 147 and verse 10. Alright, so I'm going to read from the NIV Version. And it says that the Heavenly Father's pleasure is not in the strength of Jesus, Jesus, the horse, nor does he delight in the legs of the warrior. New Living Translation. It says, He takes no pleasure, the Most High takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. English Standard Version. The Most High delights not in the strength of Jesus, Jesus, the horse, nor does he take pleasure in the legs of a man. King James Version of Psalms 147.10. He, the Almighty, delights not in the strength of Jesus, Jesus, the horse, and he takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. So it's perfectly clear that the Most High is not pleased when people use this name. It may be anointed for now, but it's going to come a time when that name will not be valid. All right, this is from Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 15. NIV version reads, A similar plague will strike... Jesus, Jesus, the horse, the mules, the camels, donkeys, and all animals in those camps. New Living Translation of Zechariah 14.15 says, A plague will strike Jesus, Jesus, the horse, or horses. The four horses of the apocalypse will be hit by a plague. 
as well as mules will get hit, camels, donkeys, and all other animals in the enemy's camp. Are you in the enemy's camp? Are you relying on this name for salvation? If you are, then you are in the enemy's camp. Come out of the camp so that you can avoid the plague. English Standard Version of Zechariah 14.15 says, A plague like this plague shall fall on the four Jesus, the four Jesus, the four horses of the apocalypse, the mules, camels, donkeys, and whatever beast may be in those camps. So you, you, don't, you don't want to be in those camps. You need to come out of them. And I know beast animals are harsh words to describe believers, but hey, it is what it is. King James Version of Zechariah 14.15 and so shall be the plague of Jesus, Jesus, the horse of the mule, the camel, the ass, and of all beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. Indeed, most Christians are deceived. They're sealed with the triple six in their foreheads. Sus. And part of that deception has to do with what is written in Jeremiah 8.8, 8, a prophecy regarding the scriptures. Alright, here it is. Jeremiah 8 8. The NIV version says, How can you say we are wise? For we have the law of the Most High, when actually the lying pen of the scribes has handled it falsely. So there are evil scribes distorting the scriptures. New Living Translation How can you say you are wise and that you have the commandments of the Almighty when your teachers have twisted it by writing lies? Manipulating the scriptures to fit the enemy's agenda. English Standard Version. How can you say you are wise and that the commandments of the Most High are with us? But behold, the lying pen of the evil scribes has made it into a lie. We've inherited lies. King James Version of Jeremiah 8.8. 8. It says, How do you say we are wise and the law of the Almighty is with us? Lo, certainly in vain made he it. The pen of the scribes is in vain. Why? Because they've been writing down traditions of men. They've been passing down lies generation to generation, thinking they have the truth. But the scriptures are distorted, and they've been distorted for a very long time now. But nobody bothers to look into these things, so they think that whatever is given to them is the truth, are facts. But that's not the case. So Jeremiah 8.8 8 was prophesying what would happen to the scriptures. So we can't say that we weren't warned. And it's still going on today. Matthew 23, 2 says that the scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Moses' seat was that he was a lawgiver. So the scribes and Pharisees have taken that seat of authority illegally. And they're passing down bogus laws. And rewriting history as well as rewriting the scriptures. Not totally, but they're concealing a lot of things. That's why you got to use your strong concordance. Look up these Hebrew and Greek words. But go, go, you got to go back to the original uh, language of the scriptures, which they were written in, using the Hebrew and the Greek to get a better understanding of what's going on, what you're reading. You need to look for the truth, for the facts. You could read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you will not find the true names of the Creator or His Son. The divinity of the Holy Spirit has been distorted in the Bible and there are a lot of mistranslations. And mind you, they weren't done unintentionally. They were done with a purpose, an agenda in mind. 
Uh, many books were moved out of the Bible. The 1611 King James Bible had a lot of books that were taken out. There are about 20-something books mentioned in the Bible that are not in the Bible, whether they are mentioned directly or quoted indirectly. Fret not, though, Revelation 22.19 says that if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, the Most High shall take away his part out of the book of life, out of the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So, there are consequences for those involved in mishandling the scriptures on purpose to suit their own agenda, as it says here in Revelation 22.19. Take heed, especially in these latter days. There are many false teachers that come preaching, teaching, prophesying, even doing healings in the name of Jesus, the false name. But again, we were warned about this in scripture. Second Peter 2.1 says that there were also false prophets among the people back then, just as there will be false teachers among you. And again, they would secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign creator who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves, denying the true Messiah for this false one named Jesus. Right, Matthew twenty four twenty four, it says that false messiahs that come in the name Jesus, as well as false prophets, that preach, teach, prophesy, heal, and pray in the name of Jesus would appear and perform great signs and lying wonders to deceive, if possible, even the very elect. So we're warned over and over in the scriptures that false messiahs that come in the false name Jesus as well as the false prophets that use the name Jesus would rise up to perform great signs and lying wonders so as to deceive even the most highest people, his chosen ones. So there is power in this false name Jesus. You have false prophets doing lying signs and wonders, but they're getting their power from the wrong source not from the creator of heaven and earth. So you need to use discernment in these latter days because not all the things you see done in the name of Jesus are coming from the Most High or His Son. That's why it's very important to get acquainted with the true name of the Most High and His Son. And this is basically what you have. Pictures worth a thousand words. That's what you have in the church. Blind leading the blind and all of them are going to fall into the ditch. That's why it's very important that we study the scriptures. Most people don't like to study the scriptures. They spend more time studying the ways of the world, the teachings of the world, than the teachings of their Heavenly Father. And then you wonder why most of them don't know spit. We need to be noble men and women. Like Acts 17.11 says, We need to receive the scriptures with readiness of mind and to search these things that are being brought to us daily to see whether those things are true or not. Most Christians are Route triple six, sealed with a mark of the beast, if not the mark of the beast, in their foreheads, sus. Well, there's no time like the present if you're one of those that is a triple six worshiper. Well, believe and repent. Do it now. 
don't wait. So that's all I have for this video, and until next time, Shalom.